Dear ones, welcome to Ash Wednesday. We begin tonight in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people say, Amen. I was uh, reminded right before worship just a moment ago that uh, last year, on this very day, we had a major snowstorm, and I think uh, attendance just like, I don't know, decktupled? Because we had like 10 people here, so I don't know how many of that, like, that's just amazing. Uh, We'll be having Holy Communion tonight, so for those of you joining us from home, welcome. And uh, I invite you to grab some bread and some wine or juice following our confession later in the service. And also, if you're not with us in person, but would like to have a physical reminder of tonight's worship experience, I invite you to go find a black marker. Not for your forehead. Let's be very specific here, but to make the sign of the cross like on the back of your hand or wherever is is, uh, helpful for you. Only announcement I would like to share for us tonight is that uh, next Wednesday night and the following four more Wednesdays, we are doing what's called Leaning Into Lent. And we're going to begin every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock with a free supper in the back fellowship hall, followed by uh, a different project and uh, a devotion and an activity that you can do with your family or friends, whoever you want to bring along. So we invite you to come join us for future Wednesdays. Again, we'll be eating at 6 If you want to eat at home and come join us, be here by about 6.30, 6.45 to join in on the project and the devotion as we lean in to this season of Lent. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you hate nothing that you've made, and you forgive the sins of all who come to you. Create in us new and honest hearts, so that truly repenting of our sins we may receive from you full pardon and forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Our Bible reading for tonight comes to us from the book of Psalms, chapter 51, verses 1 through 17. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide from your face, or hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a right and new spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me in a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. 
for you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So tonight we will observe this somewhat strange, yet very important service that we call Ash Wednesday. A day where Christians receive a cross of ashes on their forehead and they are told to remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. It's a practice that has gone on for a very long time, although you're not going to find this anywhere in the Bible. Examples of using ashes can be found all over scriptures. You see, in the Bible, using ashes have always been a sign of repentance, a visible way to show God a desire to come back to God. And so, in the Old Testament especially, you'll find Jonah, who warns the Ninevites to stop in their evil ways, and they sit in ashes. When Job is going through terrible loss and terrible grief, he covers himself in ashes. And then there's Jeremiah, who calls Israel to come back to God by rolling in ashes. I bet you're feeling pretty happy right now that all we do is put a smudge on your forehead. Jesus even mentions how saddened he is when certain cities are unwilling to repent, to put on their ashes, and to turn back to God. So you can see ashes have played a role in our repenting and and getting ourselves right with God. And we've been doing it for a very long time. Which maybe begs the question, why ashes? When you think about it, ashes are burned, they are spent, they're, they're black and gray and charred and useless. Ashes are universal. All things, when put into a fire with enough heat, will turn to ash. Ashes remind us that all things are temporary, including us. Next to taxes, it said the only other certainty in life is that we will all one day become ashes, dust. Our lives will be spent. The book of Genesis, God tells Adam, dust you are and to dust you shall return. And there is no mixed message right there. All human beings are given life, but in the very same moment that we are taking our first breath, we are getting closer and closer to our last. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. How about that for a wake-up call tonight, huh? You're like, I came to church for that? There are no guarantees that we'll all have the time that we want in life. Life is filled with with far too many uncertainties. Any moment could be our last. Which again begs the next question. How would you live if you knew that your days were numbered? My wife, Pastor Kelsey, uh, recently read a book 
where uh, everyone received, I believe it was a little box in the world. Everyone received it. It's inexplicable. Nobody knew where they came from. And they all had a length of cord or a length of string in them. Some were longer and some were shorter. And they figured out eventually that the length of your cord or your strand was how long you were going to live. And so the book kind of went through how people started to change how they lived because of how short or long their lifespans were going to be. It's kind of mind-blowing. What if your strand was short? Would you be more loving? Would you treat your friends differently? Would you treat your enemies differently? Would you make more time for your family or or your relationship with God? Would you be more mindful of the suffering that's going on in this world and and the imprint that you will leave behind? Would you want to share more with those who don't have as much? How would you live? How would you love? My mind races when I think of all the things that I would want to do or, or undo, of all the things that I would want to say or apologize for saying. Every year for the past 15 years, I read Psalm 51 on Ash Wednesday during the day, regardless if we're going to use it for our reading at night. For me, it's such a good reminder that if I'm going to get busy living without taking things for granted, it starts with making things right with God. Which is what tonight is all about. I wonder if that crossed David's mind. So David, King David, is the one who wrote Psalm 51. And it's really just a big prayer. I mean, even the Bible shares some of the really dumb things that David did in his life. They were bad. And he writes Psalm 51 maybe as a response to those things that he did or said. But it's really just a big prayer. Have mercy on me, O God. Erase the things that I've done wrong. Clean my life up. Create in me a clean heart and put me with a right spirit within me. Let me be close with you and experience your joy. When I open my lips, let it be to praise you. And in all I do, let me honor you and share the love you have shown to me. That really summarizes 17 verses of Psalm 51 right there. It's beautiful. I think it's a prayer that we could all say every day. God, I've really messed up. Create a clean heart. Let me shed this this stuff that's on my shoulders so that I can get busy living and let everything I do and say be giving praise to you. It's a prayer asking for a new start. That just sounds good tonight, doesn't it? So the ashes tonight are are a reminder that you and I are dust, that someday we'll go back to being dust, that life is fleeting, that time is short. These ashes remind us that every moment past is one that cannot be brought back to life. It's done and gone. That time is spent. And this is certainly part of our confession tonight. This is part of the reason why we are here. To admit that we've made mistakes, that we have fallen short. That we've not always used our time and our lives wisely. 
And if that was all that tonight was about, then maybe you would be coming up in just a bit to receive your ashes, and instead of a cross, I would just make a big old smudge on your forehead, right? Because that's what life feels like sometimes, just a big, dirty smudge. But tonight is so much more. Because tonight we live into that Psalm 51 where it's all about admitting our smudges in life, but then also asking God to give us a new heart, to wipe away our iniquities, all those things that we've done wrong, all those times when we've messed up, and to let, give us a new lease on life. Which is exactly why when you come forward to receive your ashes, they are made in the sign of a cross. Because when you put God's word and God's promise together with something that has only ever symbolized death, God has the power of creating new life out of it. That God can and does reach into the ashes of our lives and cause a newness to begin. That we can dare to use this moment right now to first get right with God and then to get busy living and loving, and forgiving, and helping, and planting new seeds of new life all around us. The cross is a reminder that we, we may be dust. And dust that we are, we are loved. So dearly that God was willing to die for us. For you. Carry that with you tonight, dear ones. Not only on your foreheads, but also in your hearts. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. As disciples and followers of Jesus, we are called to struggle against everything that leads us away from loving God and from loving our neighbor. So Lent is all about repentance and fasting and prayer and works of love to help us get our minds, our bodies, and our very souls back on track and to return to God. And so, dear ones, I invite you, therefore, to commit yourselves once again to this struggle. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. I invite you into a time of call and response. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For self-centered living and for failing to walk with humility and gentleness, holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For longing to have what is not ours and for hearts that are not at rest with ourselves, Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For misuse of human relationships and for unwillingness to see the image of God in others, holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For jealousies that divide families and nations and for rivalries that create strife and warfare, holy God, Holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For reluctance in sharing the gifts of God and for the carelessness with the fruits of creation, 
Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For hurtful words that condemn and for angry deeds that harm. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For idleness in witnessing to Jesus Christ and for squandering the gifts of love and grace. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. At this time, come as you are and receive your reminder that you are dust and to dust you shall return. And I invite you to come down just like we do for communion in a single file line. Just come down and return back to your seats. But just come as the Spirit leads you. The ushers won't release you. Just, just come. For those of you at home, I invite you to find that black marker and, uh, you know, the back of your hand or... But come. And so, dear ones, in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you of all of your sins. Through the Holy Spirit, God cleanses you tonight and gives you the power to proclaim the mighty acts of the one who calls you out of death and into new life. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen. We now take a moment to receive, uh, to respond to this amazing promise given to us as we receive our offering as well as the gift of this song. those of you at home or uh, communing where you are, I now invite you to take out your bread and your wine or juice as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. It's not going to be up there, but I invite you to uh, pray with me the prayer that our Lord taught us to pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Again, just like on Sundays, we'll invite you to come forward down the aisles and then kind of go around the outsides to drop off your communion cups in the baskets. Again, the outside red is wine. The inside yellow is grape juice. And again, um, whether you are a member here or not, whether you have questions about God or not, tonight Jesus desires to share his life and his love with you. So you are welcome to this meal. So come, for all is ready. I invite the deacons to come forward. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you tonight and keep you always in God's grace and all of God's people say, Amen. We're going to have one final prayer tonight as we begin this experience called Lent. I invite you to pray. Merciful God, accompany our journey through these 40 days. Renew us in the gift of baptism that we may provide for those who are poor Support those in need, fast from selfish desires, and above all, that we may rediscover our greatest treasure in the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and Lord. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. May you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Tonight our service ends in silence, and I invite you to depart in peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.